Los Nachos Amigos, and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Record Breakers Music Podcast Extravaganza. I'm Peter Ray of your man with no plan. Here with me, of course, is my team, my squad, the the crew you know uh, and love. Uh, we've got Patrick. Hello. We've got Brett. Hey, leave me alone. And we've got Drew. Uh, we're here, gathered, to talk about music, as we do almost every week. Pretty much every week. Uh, I mean, yeah, almost. Yeah, we try. We try. Look, it's been a busy summer, guys. God dang it. Like, shit happened. I don't know if you heard. <laughs> I was uh, busy for a while. Yes. Uh, but of course, we're talking about music once again. Uh, we're gathered. Uh, the provider of said music is none other than Drew. Drew, what do you got for us this week? Uh, this band is a band that I think is pretty widely known. Um, they have a song that's sort of embedded into the American pop culture lexicon. But we're not going to go over the album that had that one. Uh, we're going to go over the one that actually was right directly before their live album that was their big huge blow up success their one that was a little lesser success but was widely considered probably their best and that's having a night by rockford illinois cheap trick mm-hmm. um brett what were your expectations coming into this album well, I, I never really got into cheap trick i i know the hits um they never really stuck with me I think a lot of that has to do with radio oversaturation, but um, yeah, it, it's sort of on the on par with uh, like if you're from Indiana and you hear a John Mellencamp song come on, you can't get to that radio dial quick enough because you just heard it too much. And and when I grew up, I was a subscriber of Guitar World, so I saw plenty of ads with a certain guitarist with a guitar that was checkerboard and had like 18 necks on it and stuff so <laughs> i'm i'm somewhat familiar but uh no i i've never really dove in mm-hmm. uh patrick what were your expectations coming into this album um i know the hits i saw them live once because they opened for aerosmith when i was in high school and i was really into aerosmith in high school i know i'm a horrible <laughs> person <Yep>. uh <laughs> knocking it no excuses um I like some cheap trick songs, but I've never really listened to a record, which I think is a thing that that happens on this show sometimes. Uh, so I was I was at least I knew I was going to get at least one song I liked and probably several others. We'll uh, we'll go into that in more detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Drew, how would you describe how would you describe this album musically? Um, well, cheap trick in general and especially like this album. Uh, musically is something that I think is really kind of just cool for the era. Um, it's really something kind of special. Um, the band brought sort of that power pop sound into a lot more households, I think around the world. It was a sound that was sort of happening in this sort of late seventies era, but their popularity really sort of pushed it forward in my opinion. Um, like I said, Budokan was, uh, much better selling overall commercially, but critically, this is one of their 
best received records. Um, and because it's so tightly done, they took a m- approach in this record that if you listen to their first record, it was way darker than anything that you, that anyone would consider the hits. Um, and then the next record was way lighter and like way more poppy than anything that came after it. This is sort of them saying, okay, we like both of those, but like that, that's not what we want to do going forward. Like let's find a happy middle ground here. Right. And that's what they sort of have with this record. It solidified what would become the cheap trick sound and what made them famous, especially the first track off of this one, which we will get into. Um, I personally, for something like Cheat Trick, I love them because in an era of music and a style of music that's very guitar driven, the bass in this record and their records in general are just very well done. Um, it's not overly done, but it's nice and it's thick and it has this really good tone to it. And that comes from them creating um, this 12 string bass, which is a four by three where you have the regular four strings and they're doubled up with the higher octave of each string. And it creates as much fuller sound. If you're familiar with a 12 string guitar, it's a similar sort of thing. Um, and we can go into the minutia of why that works and why that's cool and how they sort of spawn the shot up. And it was sort of designed by a guy for them. And then there now I was looking up right before we started, right before we hit uh, record to sort of see if they're still like commercially available, which they actually are. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a band in general and very much this album, in my opinion, is probably their best. And the one that if I'm going to choose an album, that's not like a greatest hits from cheap trick, it's going to be having a night just because from front to back, it's just a very complete record that makes me happy from the, the band in general from everything they've done as far as like catchy hooks and stuff like that. It's just a fun band. Yeah. There's not much more to say about them than that. They're also well known for being 50% attractive. <laughs> this is true. Yes. Um, as, as demonstrated on the album cover. Yes. And, uh, and, and that's the thing. Yeah. That's, that's the album cover. And then if you look at the back, it's revealed that they're in a public bathroom and like freaking Rick Nielsen is brushing his teeth and like, uh, uh, the other dude is like fixing it, like just there hanging out. <laughs> yeah, no, and it, it's very, it's it very much the band in general. Their antics, I think, are part of what appeals to me as well um, from Cheap Trick because you get you get those two guys that you if you're watching the YouTube video, you get the two guys that are on the cover that's in the middle of us right now, right? Well, and they're uh, very much what you, uh, yeah, a, a commercially of uh, appealing, right? It's You'd expect them to be like the in the backing band for Frampton Comes Alive or some shit, right? Like they're they're very good looking like seventies rockers and then like feathered hair. Yeah. You get you get the rest of the bands. The other two the other two those (laughs) other two bastards. Uh bunch of nerds. Yes. So Um Brett, what would be the themes elements that that catch your attention on this album well like, like drew was saying this is this is a a 70s rock act so if you think of like the contemporaries at this time rock and roll was not doing really good at this time uh in history you had you had some guys that put on face paint and caused a ruckus 
um, and you, you had some arena rock going on. But this was this was the era where pop music and disco was was king, and like really, you know, the '70s rock scene was was very strange. This is a very strange thing to be in the like the public conversation in my mind because this is very not what was you know produced. This is this is not a very uh, uh, sellable album by just I mean it has some a, a few songs that are catchy for radio play but there are some songs on here that would never hit the, the wheels of steel ever um, <laughs> there's like there are some radio unfriendly tracks going on in this this album so you got that uh, it's not a super guitar heavy album there's not I mean it's got guitar it does what guitars do but it's not like a tour de force there's not crazy licks and you know it, there, there's some blues blues licks thrown in to, for, for expression but uh it there's there's other stuff that gets the attention um boy howdy do i want to get into some of those um <laughs> yeah yeah there's there's also uh i like you was it, it, there's a there's a freaking mandocello in this album that I, I can't i can't not talk about the song <laughs> that has a heart a harpsichord some strings a mandocello uh and you know it also everything sounded like the technology was about two years from being good enough to sound good. Like there was some effects put on like the guitar that were like, wow, they improved how those things sound these days, yeah. which was cool because it meant that somebody had a, a box that was the size of a Buick that they were stepping on. Yes. Um, but yeah, you know, there's, you, you get kudos for, for trying when it wasn't easy. Yeah. But yeah, there, there's a lot of things that they are going on in this album, but like the main thing is, this was in the era of Kiss, um, and, and you know the, the most like spoon feed you rock and roll music. This doesn't have to be anything cool. We're going to talk about rock and, and rolling, yeah. and the amount of time we're going to do it. There's a little bit more than that in this. Yeah, that's that is for sure. Uh, Patrick, what would be the theme song that caught your attention? Uh, it's it's what what we would call now classic rock. It, it like Brett said, um. The height of rock and roll previous to this was sort of the late 60s and early 70s. Most of that had run out of steam. Zeppelin were on their last two or three crazy records. The Who had really slowed down. And and rock was not in a great place. Uh, Cheap Trick are a band that I would best describe as their highs are very high. Like they have some great all-time songs. But there's a lot of filler on this record. There's a lot of... It's okay, and I'm not going to turn it off, but it's, you know, it's just sort of generic late 70s poppy rock and roll music. It's not bad. Uh, the, the, they play the music reasonably well, but it, it doesn't have, it, it, like the bands I mentioned at the top, like the stuff that came before, like Zeppelin or The Who, they were all full of crazy, crazy musicians. Sheep Trick is full of adequate musicians, and that's sort of like you don't see, so you don't get like that you know, what crazy thing are they going to do or how like perfect are they going to play this? It's just, it's rock and roll. It was probably, uh, fun to go see in 1978. Um, and it, it probably, if you were someone still trying to hang on to rock and roll, it was probably a nice thing to hear on the radio, but it, it's again, it's, it's from a, it's from not the greatest years of, uh, of rock and roll music. So it's and that, those and Van Halen kids hadn't shown up yet. Yeah, like it's <laughs> it's sort of it's in that in between 
before before like Van Halen and hair metal and jump splits hit, which is a mixed oh, okay. bag in itself. But after like the crazy early seventies, you know, some of the greatest bands let's, ever existed. Let's not let's Halen. not. Van Halen had hair, but let's not put them in the same sentences. They they, they had hair metal. They had jump splits. They had jump splits. The glam glam metal. Maybe we'll go with glam rock. There was guy liner on it on at least yeah, one video. Yeah, but I would I would not put. Here's the thing: I would not put some a band like Van Halen in the same room as, say, Striper. Let's, or, let's or, put it well, that way. Yeah. Or I don't Lost. think Striper would want to be in the room with Van Halen. <laughs> that would be. I, would I think they that. would I find would David money. Lee Roth's existence offensive. But uh, okay, hair, hair band adjacent, at least on the radio dial. Yeah, yes. on the radio yes. dial. Well, there were there were the, there were stylistic similarities. The difference was is Van Halen was full of crazy good musicians, and most of the other hair bands were full of adequate musicians. If I, that. I could make the argument that Van Halen was filled with a good musician and a showman. Yeah. And oh, then Jimmy Hagar when the show and the music right sound uh, the music is and Michael different. Anthony is a bass player who could keep up with Eddie. They were all good. Listen to the opening drums of Hot for Teacher and tell me Alex Van Halen isn't an amazing drummer. Just listen to that. I still have no idea what he's been doing. I've been listening to that song for like, like 20 years. It's like Twista, a great uh, rapper. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Well, record scratch. Let's, we're getting back on track right now. That's, okay, that's, Petey. That's, Drop that's the ball. That's that I'm the only one that I get it. And you just threw some massive shade, and nobody saw it but me. Yeah. Like nobody got it. <laughs> and I and I, I on fundamental like Van Halen, but I'm just I'm just uh, counterpointing the argument. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking just wrecked him in a way. Oh my god. Fucking. Oh my god. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, uh, you, as you were talking about this album before we got derailed, Patrick. Uh, uh yeah so so like I said um it, it's it's got one of one of the greatest songs of its era and some other songs on it some of which are better than others that would sort of be my overall take the, the crux of it uh yeah I I I I, I, I can see that uh I I definitely enjoyed it more than that but yeah I could see that uh Drew what would be some of the key tracks to zero in on. Well, I'm not going to go with the obvious one first, like last week. I'm going to go my list of bottom up. Um, Heaven and Night um, was great to me because in an album that I find filled with a lot of like very happy hooks and very like cheery, fun um, melodies, this track was very like sort of dark. It had this sort of psychedelic feel. I will save Brett to sort of get into the instrumentation of it all um, and what sort of made it weird. Cause I'm sure he'll have something to say about it. Um, but just the composition, that sort of psychedelic feel in a very uh, almost scary track because of what it's dealing with the potential ends of drug use, the potential ends of the excesses you were seeing in this era, I think was really, really cool. Um, California man. I, I'm going to pick out the cover just because as a guy who tends to listen to the ELO side of the guys that made this uh, song, as opposed to this band, um, I tend to like 
surprise, I tend to like the Cheap Trick version better than the band I don't really care for. Um, I dig the more grittier uh, take on it. The sort of, like Brett said, the overdrive before like the tech was all there yet um, sound to it. I thought it was cool. Um, and But it was still a good homage to the band, uh, as I believe it's made known that Cheap Trick have sort of like the move in yellow and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then of course you can't talk about this record without talking about surrender. Surrender is an anthem. And personally, I believe surrender is a rock anthem for a reason. Um, it's their second most well-known song. I think I'm not going too far out on the limb to say that. Um, the, the second most, everybody knows the first most, let's be fair. And it's sort of this song that is a, cool affirmation it's something that you can you can feel okay you can feel good at the end of and i think that was sort of their goal um it's sort of that the parents that were growing up at that time and raising children at that time were something that they grew up in a weird time and because they grew up in a weird time they were raising their kids with a different outlook than was done before but it was it was that essence of yeah no shit's a little weird right now it's gonna be cool like it's <laughs> gonna be cool we're all going through it it's weird like we're, it's all right and like i think that's sort of cool they they've done interviews and i'm as i was researching for like sort of getting my thoughts together and listening to the record and like looking at what they've said about each song that i wanted to pick out they sort of bring up the fact that they originally wrote it for them, like as a affirmation that each one of them, like they knew the situations they grew up in and they wrote it for them so that when they said we're all right, they meant themselves. But after hearing it like at Budokan being chanted at you by tens of thousands of people, it sort of reminds the band that, yeah, they wrote it for themselves. They wrote it about themselves, but it could be about more and it could be about more people. And that's sort of why the rock, why that's an anthem um, for a lot of people and why it just sort of sticks around. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to make a, 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 a joke around bottoms up. Uh, so I, so I, I double researched it. I, I, I didn't end up making a joke, but I did notice that it's an album by the band, uh, by jazz group, the three sounds and a song by Trey songs. Uh, and also bringing it back around, also track four on Van Halen's uh, Van Halen two. <laughs> uh, but yeah, these are the things that you see me researching on on Wikipedia over here while everyone else is talking. You're wondering why I'm looking over here. It's usually I'm, I'm on Wikipedia. <laughs> never stop. It's never stops. Uh, never stop. Never stopping. Uh, I gotta see that movie. Uh, Brett. What will be some of the key tracks for you to zero in on? Well, um, I guess we should let's let's start where Drew ended. Um, surrender. Um, this is a Paul Mute power chord rock song that's poppy as all get out. It's, it's probably well, it's the most successful track on this album. I'm not going to compare it to Dream Police, but <laughs> or, that, or that other song that. Uh, will not be named but it's it's a pretty pretty memorable song but it 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 really does leverage on its simplicity and a catchy hook 
It is a, you could like take a master class and how you don't have to have the most song. You just have to have the catchiest of song and the, the, the efficiency in that is really great. Um, and then, uh, we'll get into the weird, um, Alf Wiederson. Um, the, that's a, another palm mute rock track that, uh, this time sounded like Alice Cooper. Um, uh, it's the it, other it was, song about death on this record, other than Heaven yeah. Tonight. <laughs> Just super weird. Uh, it's uh, it, it is a very very strange song that is uh, uh, for as jaunty and uh, as uh, sing songy as it is, or tale telly uh, something somethingy uh, as it is. But uh, uh, the the real meat that I can dig into is Heaven Tonight. So like. At first, I didn't know if these were actually real instruments or like prototypical, like uh, the 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 very the genesis of fake harpsichord and strings. But no, they they were just that's the way they sound. Um, and then there was the mandocello, which is also an instrument that has strings that sit side to side. Um, and I I enjoy a mandocello from time to time. It's uh it's good on a hot summer day. Um, but no, the, the lyrics, uh, the lyrics are, 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 are nutty. Um, uh, this is a song that doesn't really fit well with the sound of the rest of the album. Um, like I, 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 I give them the tip of the hat for putting something, uh, as complicated and weird and knowing fully that no radio station is ever going to play that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're probably going to get flack from the studio for trying to sneak something like this in, um, because the, the for for a band at this point in their career who were big in Japan, um, you know, it, being able to do what you want in your albums when people have money on the line uh, can it can be difficult. Um, so I I, I I I give them the tip of the hat for bringing the weird. Uh, the weird is always a a a, a, a fun thing. I, I didn't hear a sprawling, but there there was some closeness to there was some sp- sprung adjacent. Uh, <laughs> uh, sounds coming out. So yeah. I, I have it tonight. It's a real humdinger. The humdinger. Uh, it was really cool because I'm here and uh, uh, according to Wikipedia, sites uh, an interview said that Nielsen described the song as uh, a kind of a parody of some of the drug songs in the '60s, uh, and that it could even be the basis for a movie. <laughs> uh, to, I've I've found my calling in life. Yes, I'm, I'm a director. Yes, uh, it's a nice little thing. Um, Patrick, what would be some of the key tracks for you? Uh, before getting into the obvious, uh, Alveder Zane, I'll touch on that song. Had some fucking fantastic vocals. Like it, it, everything else about the song was fine. Vocals were really good. It was, it was a deeply fucked up song. But you know, any song about suicide is gonna be pretty fucked up. And then surrender, which I think is. Like I said, one of the greatest songs of its era, a great vocal hook with really, really well-chosen harmonies. This is like that sort of power pop, pop rock. Like this is the prototype. This is where that sound comes from. It all comes back to very much surrender and some of Cheap Trick's other jaunty hits. It's a simple song, but it's it's kind of it's aged, I think, really well. And I understand like. Yeah, it got the crap played out of it on the radio. And and if you're the sort of person who has been listening to classic rock radio for the last 
15 years you're sick of it but if you uh quit listening to classic rock radio a decade ago it was kind of nice to come back to surrender that's a fun song mm-hmm. yeah and there's a lot there's a lot of fun like fun songs and a lot of like, there's quite a few songs that uh that you can kind of like dig your teeth in and get 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 cool with uh yeah and this overall has just i think it's a really cool record really fun record uh let's bring it back around the horn talk talk about some conclusive <coughs> thoughts uh brett what will be your conclusive thoughts on this album well this album didn't really change my overall feelings of cheap trick uh, i'm not going to call this a dumpster fire uh you know there's there's musicianship and and you know somebody crafted some music here uh it, it just because it didn't get its hooks into me doesn't mean it's not good um it's it's uh, it's obviously critically acclaimed for what that's worth i guess i'm a critic too suck it um but uh you know i i it, it was music of this era is really hard because i wasn't there when it happened and i find that if you had to be there when it happened for you to enjoy it um but there are people that enjoy this that weren't there so i can't you know it, it it's it's very much of its time and I sort of loathe that time unless we're flying spaceships called the Rosinante into a black hole and writing 12 minute songs about it. But you know, this is is a very tumultuous time for rock music and I'm, I'm kind of happy that somebody made it through as efficiently as cheap trick, uh, by way of Japan. Um, I, 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 I do love the thought of being big in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album? Um, go listen to Cheap Chick Greatest Hits. Just pick one of those. There's there you're gonna find more more good stuff, and you'll get if you're if you're unfamiliar with Cheap Trick, I think that's a better place to start. Uh, just because you'll you'll get all the other songs we've some alluded to and some called out by name. Uh, this isn't bad. It's just. It doesn't do anything for me outside of a couple of songs. I think it's it's okay, but um, again, like if you really just want to know what cheap trick means, like if you're if you're a uh, person who's never been into them, just go just go find whatever greatest hits album of theirs is streaming somewhere and listen to that, and you'll you, you'll have I think a better experience. You'll get all three cheap trick songs. Yes, you'll get all three. three There's four. Oh, sorry. I'm- <laughs> I will, we'll have to debate that later. I, I don't want to be reductive. Yeah. <laughs> the, the flame charted. Not well, but it charted. Yeah. It was a thing for a second. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Uh, Drew, what would be your conclusive thoughts on the, on this album? Uh, the reason I brought something like cheap trick, um, if I'm going to bring something from this era of music is because, yeah, they're they're not the most complex. I think there's a lot there from like a catchy composition standpoint. I like my music to be overly catchy at times, and I feel like Cheap Trick very much delivers that in Spades a lot of times. Um, especially with songs like Surrender, um, Dream Police, the one we keep not naming. Um, I want you to want me. Um, and if that's the only song you've heard of theirs, is I want you to want me. The one we keep not wanting to mention because it's one of the most overplayed things on the planet. I would implore you 
uh, to listen to more than just that. I think that Cheap Trick in general, while, yeah, they're not, they're not a bunch of Canucks playing space music. They're not, they're not crazy jazz from New York. No, they're not going to be that, but there's something more there, I think, than I want you to want me. There's more thought put into it than a lot of people give them credit for. And I sort of, I I can hold with it, uh, Bub. Yes. I, I think that there, Heaven Tonight is, I believe, critically acclaimed for a reason. I think the band was ranked, it has been ranked highly on many a, like, list of all-time like rock bands they've never been a top 10 let's be fair but as you're sort of nudging into the new wave punk rock era of that late 70s early to mid 80s thing you had things in plain old rock and roll that still came out and was still fun and to me that's what cheap trick is is something that's just fun just bubble it's just popcorn music it's something that you can sort of put on in the background like doing something and just have a good time and smile afterwards and then you get something like your heavens tonight and your rv descends that's a little bit weird but hey if japan wants them to be the american beatles then by golly i think that's all right <laughs> that's all right by me uh yes uh so yeah, those are our thoughts on Cheap Tricks Heaven tonight. Now we got to the main event of the evening. Uh, we get to our high crew reviews. Uh, we get to summing it all up into these little poetic uh, Johnson re- rejoinders. Uh, so go on this joiner journey with us, eh? Uh, haikus. All right, uh, Brett, what is your haiku? Artfully written, 70s pop rock music, spirit wasn't moved. Uh, Patrick, what is your haiku? Classic rock and roll, one legendary hit song. Otherwise, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mine is, it is no cheap trick that these guys can rock good tunes that are fun to jam. Uh, and Drew, what is your haiku? A band that's classic. Completely their own thing. Refrigerator. <laughs> uh, Every once in a while, I gotta break it out just because it makes me laugh. Yes. Uh, and of course, that sums it all up for our thoughts on Cheap Tricks Heaven Tonight. You can, of course, find it on our Spotify playlist, uh, listen to uh, play record breakers uh, the home game. Uh, next week uh, we might have a guest, and therefore their album would be on the Spotify playlist. I don't, I, we don't have one book right now as of this recording, but you'll find out with us uh, uh, as you know as it happens. Uh, but. My next album, so I give you guys something to listen to, is not on Spotify, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, and it's not on a couple places. You're going to have to go find it. You can find it on Binal. Uh, this is the website that we've probably mentioned it uh, before. Uh, it's B A I N I L. Binal. 
Because yes, it is. In fact, if you remember uh, why uh, I would bring that website up from a while back, um, it is some Korean indie. Uh, it is going to be the Cox, their recent album, uh, The New Normal. Uh, so listen to that. Go, go check that out. Play, do your homework. Come back to us either next or the following week for that. Uh, but keep an eye out for that. Uh, but that's it for us. You can, of course, find us all over the internet. Patrick is at Swagger. Brett is at Hibbity Burbert, H-I-B-B-I-2-I-B-I-B-B-A-R-D. Drew is at X-Juicer-X. I'm at PD Rave. The show is for Record Breakers. It's the number four Record Breakers. Recordbreakerspodcast.com. Recordbreakerspodcast at gmail.com is our email. Send us email. Rebelli.net for this and other shows. Rebelli TV on YouTube, on Twitch, on all the things. Uh... We're on iTunes, Stitcher, all the places where you can get podcasts. Subscribe, like, share, do the things. Until next time, hasta los huevos. Put a Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>